0: And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Gabby. 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 Gabby
1: Hey there, welcome to Dear Gabby. I'm your host, Gabby Bernstein. And if you landed here, it is absolutely no accident. It means that you're ready to feel good and manifest a life beyond your wildest dreams. Let's get started. Welcome back to Dear Gabby. Today is a fun and special day. Once a month, one of these episodes is going to be dedicated to what I call big talks. Big talks, as you know, are me riffing on spiritual topics and personal growth with people from all walks of life, with all different professions, all different kinds of backgrounds. But really the underlying core theme from all of the people that I've chosen to be on my big talks is that I think they're cool and I kind of wanted to have a coffee with them and they might live somewhere else or they might be a new friend that I made on social media or whatever, but I want to know them. And so that's why I decided to go big have no small talk, only big talk, hang with them for an hour, talk to them on this podcast, and let the universe show us what to do. And listen, the selfish thing here is that I get to talk to people that I really dig, and I'm hoping that you enjoy it as much as I do. One of the people that I really wanted to bring on to a big talk was a friend of mine who we established a friendship over social media during COVID. We were both living very similarly during the pandemic. We had made a commitment to really stay locked down, be inside, be just with our family. Because my friend that I'm going to introduce you to, she had a newborn, so she was being very cautious. And I was at the time trying to conceive. So I was extremely cautious. And during this time, she and I felt very uh, left out for different reasons, maybe because people were out in the world and we weren't. And we were going back and forth on a lot of DMs, just supporting each other through that difficult time and sharing each other's experiences and helping each other with our spiritual foundation and just trying to hold space for each other when we felt quite lonely, frankly. And that friend is my girl, Jenna Dewan. Now, Jenna is an actress, a very well-known actress, a very well-known dancer. She is a mama. She is a gorgeous being of light. And most importantly to me, she's a spirit junkie. She is super spiritual. She has her own faith of her own understanding that has been a guiding force in her life. And she's really allowed that spiritual force to guide her to life successes, personal successes, and to be a very bright, shiny light in the world. And you're going to feel it on this interview. You're going to hear her, love her, feel her. And we talk about some big topics. And this is, a, this is an episode that I really want you guys to, to listen up to. We talk about avoiding codependent relationships and how to teach our children to not have the same codependency and behaviors that we might have had. We talk about how you can't make your feelings your child's problem big. It's a show based on our ability to let our bodies reveal our deepest wounds and allow us to heal through movement, allow us to step into the light of who we're here to be and how to show up at our highest capacity and this is a show that will really help you live shame-free. So if you want to embody these methods and carry them on to the children and the friends and the family in your life, then this episode is for you. Listen now to a big talk conversation with my beautiful friend, Jenna Dewan. When we try to get healthier, we tend to think of what we have to hold ourselves back from instead of focusing on giving ourselves more of what our body needs. And it can be so overwhelming at times to find a way to feel healthier because of all the different equipment, programs, and supplements, and wellness industry, blah, 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 that gets thrown at us. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about Noom. Noom uses a psychology based approach to help us change our mindset for good because building better habits means a more sustainable journey to better health. There's no need to try to take on the whole mountain of wellness at once. Just start where you are. I really needed this. I was struggling with some bad patterns that I created during quarantine, and I used Noom to really help me get back on track. Noom's cognitive behavior approach focuses on why instead of what to help you change. And that's how you can really create the sustainable change you want with food or anything else in your healthier lifestyle. A healthier life doesn't mean sticking to someone else's strict rules. It means having more knowledge to build smarter, more sustainable habits. All you need is 10 minutes a day. Noon fits into your life on your terms. Start building better habits for healthier long-term results, sign up for your trial at Noom.com slash Gabby. That's N-O-O-M.com slash G-A-B-B-Y for your trial. Noom.com slash Gabby. Jenna, Jenna, Jenna. I started this podcast for two reasons. One, because God told me to. It just was something I was doing for fun and it became very clear to me that it was more and it was something that was necessary to support people. What a big talk is, babe, is just me inviting people who I really dig to talk to me about spirituality. My only agenda, I want to talk to you about your spiritual practices, your personal growth practices, and just riff with you and be in conversation with you. I say this at the top of every big talk. It's not an interview because I suck at interviewing I am in conversation <laughs> as if people were just sitting in on this conversation. And frankly, you were at the top of my list for the early conversations Aww. because you actually were one of the people that during this pandemic had has been, whether you realize it or not, a real support system for me. Even through our casual DMs, we were in a really similar position, and yes, we were yes. feeling quite left out, I think. And because we both made the decision to be very inward and to be very Mm -hmm. cautious because you have, you had a newborn and now he's a a big boy and I'm I'm trying to conceive. So I I just, you know, I just want to thank you for your presence and your, uh, helping me feel like I wasn't alone in my hermit life that I had Mm -hmm. chosen.
0: Same girl, same, same, same. I mean, that moment where we connected on DMs, (laughs) So 2021 20, of us, but it really changed my whole personality going into this whole COVID thing as well, because like, we shared that both of us, we seem very like-minded, you know, there's a sense of like how we live our life. You know, I've read all your books. I think you're just incredible and just so similar in certain ways and I was choosing to live a certain way, which I felt was the best way for my family and the best way for, you know, socially and culturally. I just felt like it was my responsibility to be pretty, um, you know, COVID cautious as it's now become a coin. But I was not seeing that in my day-to-day life. I was having a lot of friends and a lot of people that I felt were Similar and spiritual and like-minded that were not living that way. And it was messing with me, big time I you know, here I am thinking I'm so strong in my own truth and belief. and but it was messing with me because I thought, am I just in fear? and, you know, like, what's going on? How am I the only person that is taking this in the same way, you know, who is really taking this super serious and is protecting my family? And I was just blown away by what happened in the world. And so when we connected, and you were living the same way, making the same choices. We were struggling with the same things and realizing that, no, this is not fear. This is a very grounded, great approach that we're giving in safety with ourselves and our family. It just, I mean, I really went, and then it made me be like, oh God, I love the universe. Mm -hmm. I love this because who would have thought, you know, it just was such a moment that really <laughs> helped me so much too. So I yeah, just hear feel you. Like
1: you're not alone. And I think, look, there has been so much judgment this, in 2020 and now even in 2021, mm-hmm. obviously the most divisive judgment attacks we've seen. Yeah. Obviously a lot of it became political. And But at the end of the day, when you are struggling and you find someone going through something similar, regardless of what side of that story you're on it can be really heartwarming. And so you were my DM COVID, COVID friend. I mean, <laughs> totally. It, it even
0: goes back to, I had gone to Oprah's Super Soul Sunday, TED Talk is what I called it at, at UCLA. And I remember listening to you and I was just like, I get her. Like, I, I just get her. I've been this way since I was a kid. But it was just something, there's like a real groundedness openness and connective, and you just speak the same way I speak. Like, so it was just really nice to see like, oh my God, we're on the same page with this. Totally.
1: And you know, you're know, you what I call a spirit junkie. <laughs>
0: yeah. And... Oh, for sure. When I read that book, I was like,
1: yep. <laughs> like, That's me. And so I actually have this quote from you. Let me, let me see if I can read it here.
0: Uh, <laughs> oh, I've always been a
1: little hippie spiritual. I'm very yeah. sensitive, what you might call an empath. I know what it feels like to overextend and to overgive in life. I give out so much energy constantly. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about that. What's yeah. That about? What's Let's talk about there? that. And by the way, Uh, if I start trying to fix you or as as I say, dear Gabby, you. Yes. Oh, girl. It's it's like dear Gabby me. I I
0: love it. I bring people on (laughs) to like
1: hear them and hear their wisdom. And then all of a sudden within like five minutes, I'm like, well, let me tell you how we can work on that. And it's kind of inevitable. And it's part of the show, I guess. So uh, let's talk about let's unpack that. Let's talk about your empathy, your empathic nature, your overextending. Is it still an issue
0: at the moment? always it's always something that i continually have to work on boundaries for me it's been an uncovering <laughs> boundaries are the thing i work on the most in life whether that is with my kids whether that's with my partner with my work with my friends i mean it's just a constant thing for me and i'm naturally a lover not a fighter i'm naturally desiring harmony but i also have had over the past couple of years and and really for a while, but I've had to unpack and start learning the difference between codependency and being, you know, sensitive, empathic, giving. So there's all these like things I've had to really sort of wake up to and learn. And it all is all sort of part parcel of the same thing, which is giving away my energy and I'm super empathic and sensitive. I am very, you know, in tune and I I know things a lot of times and I feel things. And so, but realizing that a lot of the times I give out so much energy in order to create harmony so that I feel safe hmm. rather than, you know, being it becomes this cycle which is not good for me, not good for anybody, and then I'm drained and then I can't give anything to anyone, and then I'm like, oh, I feel so oh. So, boundaries, they're difficult for me, but I've learned them.
1: The storyline then that you're referencing is if I'm not
0: giving, I'm not safe. I'm not in harmony, I'm not safe. And in order to be in harmony, you have to give. Make everything great. You know, it was like I could create harmony very well, but at the expense of my own being. And so, you have to kind of be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And so, that was a huge lesson for me, a huge coming into my power moment and nothing like 2020 to really make you get comfortable being uncomfortable. So I did so much work on that.
1: Yeah. That codependent behavior is something that I definitely have battled with. I think 2020 actually was a turning point for me uh, because while I, for a long time, didn't even identify as codependent because I felt like, oh, well, I, I kicked that in my romantic relationships, right? That's how I was yes. in my twenties when it came to romance. But I was so uh, using love as another form of addiction. When I got yes. sober, and yes. it's easy to just say, okay, "Okay, now I'm clean," but now I'm going to be a love addict. And that that need yes. to to be in a codependent relationship was for me very similar. Like if I'm not in this relationship, I'm not safe. Uh, yes. and while I did a lot of work around that, I didn't even identify how codependent I had become in some of my other relationships, work relationships, the way yes. that I would overly serve and like fix and and show up for people that worked for me. I'm like, yes. I like, like, my is fucking boiling as I even say this right now. I'm gonna have so many yeah. comments on this show. <laughs> but like it's not that I'm mad at the person, I'm mad at myself, right? And yeah. I'm mad at myself, but the amount of hours I spent just trying to save the people that were literally employed yeah. to work for me.
0: They were, uh, their job was same, me. Yes. same, same, same. Oh. Is it difficult for you? It was. It's always, like I always get this. It's difficult for me to not only express a boundary, but then if there's something I want being done differently or that I'm not happy with a certain job of, of someone who is working with me or for me, you know, it's like, okay, I'm conflict avoidant, but I have to have this conversation. And, you know, I've learned ways to express and be assertive without feeling bad afterwards. Oh God, you know, did I upset anyone? And and codependency is interesting because I really, really never identified with it because I'm so independent and I'm Sagittarian, the independent girl. Like I And for a long period of my life, it was like boys and relationships were such an afterthought, you know, but you realize as, you know, you go on and you get in long-term relationships and there's patterns that you start doing that I started realizing, oh, I'm doing, I'm, I'm overcompensating to, because this feels like weird and unsafe and some, I'm helping someone with their issues, but at the expense of myself. And you're like, oh, that's good. (laughs) you know it's like it's sneaky it's not always this like needy you know i i can't be safe without a relationship it was like all kinds of weird interesting webs that were weaving
1: like if you're not happy with me then i'm not good enough when all relationships are a two way relationship it's a two way yes. you can't you can't make it all about people yeah. liking you all the time i think that, oh, that God, was yeah. like the big turning point for me And in March, I experienced a lot of those codependent relationships really uh, kind of the shit hit the fan with them. And so I had to see my part. I had to change my ways because yeah. I can't blame anybody else. Like everybody else has a part, but I didn't want to, it's not about anybody right. else's part, it's about my part. And so what was my part? My part was that I stuck around too long for certain relationships. My part yeah. was that I was, you know, quick to hire and took way too long to fire. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Whatever, oh whatever. girl, you
0: have, we are the oh, same. Oh Lord. And same. so, you
1: know, making those same. adjustments and really healing that for myself in this past year in particular has such a radical change in the way that I act. And I think that the people that work for me now, I have a whole new team and, and not just people who work for me, but my friends as well. I think that right. they actually respect me more and probably feel yes. more ease working with me because it's just yes. clear to your word, boundary.
0: It's boundaries. I mean, I so relate with what you're saying and it's same, by the way, I have stayed in relationship way longer than that was good for my own. <laughs> mental state. And then I've also had people that have been working with me for me or, and have just they're miserable. I'm miserable, but I'm sort of waiting. And I don't, I don't know. And I've had the lesson as we talk like universal lessons that the universe sometimes, you know, you're past your due date and then something happens and they have to exit your life, you know, but I have gotten the lesson where it's like, no girl, like, we need you to kind of step into your dragon power and to claim what it is. There were so many times I was like, well, that, you know, what am I doing wrong here? I was like, until I got it, like, oh, I have to make these decisions. I have to sort of vocalize my truth. I have to do this and jump off the cliff and see what happens. And then it was like, got it, got it. That's the lesson here. It's not, you know, we're not just going to make everything super easy and take people in and out of lives. Like it just has to be your choice. Let's talk about electrolytes. You
1: guys know I'm totally obsessed with Element. And yesterday I got a package of my favorite Element electrolyte mix, the watermelon flavor. And I'm really, 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 really into electrolytes at this stage in my life. Element is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited to folks following a keto, low carb, or paleo diet. With none of the junk, no sugar, no sugar, no sugar, you know that's a theme here, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS, electrolyte deficiency and imbalances can cause symptoms, headaches, cramps, fatigue, and weakness. I had such a bad electrolyte deficiency once that I was sent to the hospital, and that's when I actually started drinking Element daily. Everyone needs electrolytes, especially those on low-carb diets, practicing intermittent fasting or extended fasting, or anyone who's really physically active and sweats a lot. Element was invented by Rob Wolf, a biochemist, New York Times bestseller, and was on the Navy SEAL Resiliency Committee for a decade. He knows what he's talking about. Try it totally risk-free, if you don't like it, share it with a salty friend and they'll give your money back, no questions asked. I drink Element every single day to support my workouts and my favorite flavor is watermelon. <laughs> it's delicious. As a member of our community, Element has a very special offer for you. Claim your free Element sample pack. You only cover the cost of shipping. Get yours here. Drink dot slash G-A-B-B-Y vocalize your truth. That was a really good way of saying it. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So codependents
0: have a really hard time doing that. It's
1: like, but you know, we know our truth. The (laughs) the antidote to codependency is vocalizing your truth because like I keep talking about, I'm realizing in this conversation, what a radical transformation I've had this year, because I started then now practicing radical honesty and just straight up, not hiding anything and just telling it like it is. And That that in itself is such a gift because you think that okay if I'm gonna be I'm gonna keep it together for everybody else well no because that's not helping anyone it's it's not you're carrying that resentment you're gonna be sending that energy so hardcore to that other person yeah no matter what you say
0: so it's so true and the radical honesty I'm always so blown away by this when I set a boundary when I'm radically honest. And I get past the fear of, oh God, everything's just going to blow up and be bad. When I do that, and I do, I'm i always like blown away how quickly people respond, how quickly the universe responds. Like, so you would think after multiple experiences of this, that I would just trust that that is the best way of being. I mean, Steve and I have this ongoing joke. He's like, every single time we've had a boundary discussion, like I respond immediately or why would you be scared? I was like, it's a good point. Like, it's a good point. Same with my daughter. You know, she is a naturally strong willed. I'd never want to be, you know, stop it within her. Cause she is just so, she's got this like contrarian, like I want to march to the beat of my own drum, but she's a boundary pusher. And so, you know, for so many years, it was so tough for me to, cause I'm such a lover and her and I's connection is like beyond. And it wasn't, I, I've had to really, as she gotten older, boundaries are so important. And she always responds. It's like intense in the moment for me to set it and then keep it. And then she always responds. They need, the boundaries make everyone else feel safe, you know, and that was huge for me. Yeah,
1: particularly children. They need them. They need that structure. Yes. Absolutely. Parenting relationships can be some of the, parenting mother-daughter relationships can, can be some of the most codependent relationships. Yes. Actually, facing a lot. to day. be
0: super like, careful. Oh yeah. yeah, like, like
1: one thing I read recently online uh, by this child psychiatrist or psychologist was when your kid like hits you or something or like does when you're immediately to be like that hurt, mommy. Like, don't hurt, mommy. It hurts mommy's feelings when you hurt mommy like that. So, right? No, 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 no. She was like, hell no, you can't make your feelings their problem. Yes. And so it's like, because then they're going to take on the story of like, I have to make sure mommy's feeling good all the time. Yes. And so children just innately, their core belief is I have to make it right for everybody because if I'm not making it right for everybody, then I'm not safe. I mean, that's in their brain. Their brain is set up that way. So what the woman said to do instead was to just start to inquire like, oh, you know, I see you hit mommy. Is there something that you need to express? Is there a feeling that you want to tell me about? And that, that Mm -hmm. is a very, uh, Major, major turning point for me because I was doing that. I was like, Holly.
0: Oh, for sure, know, me mommy, too. You
1: hurt mommy, and I also even noticed myself being like my child self
0: with my child, mm-hmm. being like, mm-hmm. oh, "You're
1: hurting my feelings," and you know, it's like, no, mm-hmm. "No, no, 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 no,
0: Totally. Oh, god, I've had the amount of conversations I've had with Evie about because she's naturally, you know, she's similar. She's very empathetic. Even her teachers are like, she is, you know, the first one to go help someone when they're hurting in class. She's always thinking of solutions. She's very empathetic, which is wonderful. You know, we love these qualities, but she also, we've had moments of like, I can see her trying to make people happy. She's, you know, she's around going like, well, I don't want to say that to so-and-so. I don't want to say that because that might hurt their feelings. And I, you know, and this is great, but Evie, you're not responsible for other people's feelings. You're not, you know, so if you say something, And that hurts mommy's feelings or Steve or dad or, you know, whoever's feelings, that's not your responsibility. You know, we've had so many talks about like, if somebody is not in a great mood that day, that has nothing to do with anybody else. That's just their problem, not our, you know, but it's, it is for a young girl who's empathetic. It's, it's just funny. Life is so funny. The lessons you're learning, you're also teaching and learning alongside, (laughs) Children, they're
1: literally uh, Dan Siegel calls it sponge neurons. He doesn't even call it mirror neurons. Sponge neurons because they're literally just all freaking day, just picking it up, picking it up, picking it up. You know, I see even in my son who's two, my husband, when whenever there's like you know any kind of rift between me and my husband, my son goes and gets the broom
0: because oh my he, God. he
1: wants to clean up because he sees that, you know, when, when daddy's mad, he's
0: cleaning. Up. Oh my God. Do we have also the same partner? Because that's exactly
1: like, you have a manic cleaner as well in your home? Yes. Listen,
0: We can't yes, complain Gabby. because
1: we would rather that than like a dirty, dirty dude. But Right. Uh, but then
0: I'm crazy. a wholehearted mess, you know? So there's like I feel for him. I'm always like, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. My husband uh, is uh, probably
1: 50% of the day seen with a, with a vacuum in his hand.
0: So much that our son, Callum, like now likes to use the broom because he sees That's right. That's right. Steve with the broom.
1: Molly <laughs> and Callum will just, you know, start a cleaning crew together. I'm
0: just like, look, yep. there's worse things to learn.
1: Yeah. Seriously. It's wonderful. Oh, it's, it's,
0: so a <laughs> it's a great quality. It's a great quality. Oh my God. I would give anything. I was like, please, how in the world do I become this? Like, I was like, you know, there's always so long I can kind of claim my free spirit in this. At some point, I would be like, all right, you know, and COVID it's like, we're all in a house on top of each other. We are moms, dads, housekeepers, cooks. We're all things at once. So it's been, you know, sort of a crash course. What's your work life been like? I did a Netflix show called Soundtrack that already came out. Um, it's, on netflix now it was actually perfect timing during all of our uh you know came stay out at home right when everyone it was came like- out before the pandemic great but then it became you know once everyone's home and netflixing it became a lot more people found it and saw it which was great and then you know work-wise it's it's i have a production company called everheart that we've been in development with a bunch of projects on during this time which has been great because had Callum a week later, COVID lockdown happened Mm -hmm. and it was a postpartum haze. I mean, it was at first it's this sort of adrenaline rush. you Oh, this is kind of fun. Okay. Abby's home for school. And, ah, what are we doing? You know, and thinking it's really, wasn't going to be that bad. And we were going to be able to contain this. And then of course, lo and behold, it was this horrific thing that has affected all of us so deeply. So having that be at the same time as your, year postpartum, I didn't have the bandwidth to even think about work. You know, it was, it was focus on my child, on my family, on my partner, my health, and then in my production company. And just now, you know, a year into this, I've come to the realization, like, okay, there's some opportunities coming in and, you know, I, I do have to, and want to go back to work at some point, but It's a constant balancing act, and I feel for every working parent out there because it is a real balancing act. Okay, how do I make this work? (laughs) You know, for me, it's never in LA, so it's like, okay, how do I figure out the traveling of it all? And yeah, the kids—much different. Yeah. Let
1: me ask you this: Do you think you did you have any postpartum depression or anxiety or anything like that?
0: I had not so much. Not so much this time around, which was interesting with Evie, because I had her in London, and I had to go back to work on a episodic TV show, Witches of East End, which was in Vancouver, and so I had to travel with her. And at the time, Chan wasn't available to be with us for most of the part, so it was me, my doula, and Evie all by ourselves traveling at six weeks when she was six seven weeks to yes. Vancouver and I went right back to work thinking you know it's this sort of ignorance is bliss I thought okay I think I can do that you know it'll be like 2 months after and I'll be able to have her on set that was really hard because that was long hours I did have her on set with me constantly it was just really difficult and my I had a lot of postpartum anxiety I would say it was mm-hmm. it was like I just never stopped you know it was like you're you're up a couple times in the night then you're working all day you're I was breastfeeding. I was pumping. I was without a partner. I mean, it was just craziness, right? This time around, I was so grounded, Mm -hmm. even though the world was crazy. I was home and in this love nest, and it was it was. I watched that. I mean,
1: it's funny. It's like you see people on Instagram. You're like, oh my god, I totally know their experience. (laughs) I know that you're super authentic on Instagram, and so. I really, I have like visual images of you like lying back with your baby, like just. <laughs> I did. And I remember thinking about because I had never been trying to conceive this year, and thinking like 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 using those visions as like manifestations oh, for myself.
0: Oh, like, that's amazing! Yeah, yeah. I'll send you a whole so camera say, send roll. You can a have, a camera camera have a whole roll
1: of all of your cuddly, cozy photos. Oh my
0: god, it was that, great! It, it was me like me, that, Steve, Mila. Callum, and Evie just cuddling mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. It, was a lot of cuddling. Oh, it was so lovely. It was a lot of cuddling. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. All right. There is somebody that I am super obsessed with on Instagram and she's my IG friend. Sometimes we become friends with people on Instagram and her name is Jen Atkin. She is a celebrity hairstylist. She's so cool. She's so spiritual. She just got such a high vibe. But what makes her even cooler is that she has this incredible line of hair care products called Way. And there's literally nothing more refreshing than hitting the reset button on your hair for a minute. And for me, this was totally overdue after quarantine and just not caring for my hair the way that I typically would. If your hair is a little overdue like mine for a treatment, it's time for a clarifying detox shampoo from Way. Lately, I've been using dry shampoo like my life depended on it. And while our hair can take a lot of experimentation and sometimes outright neglect, it's never too late to hit the reset button with this clarifying detox shampoo. I literally have taken my scalp and my hair so seriously particularly when I hit that postpartum period where your hair starts to fall out, I began to understand how important it was to care for my scalp and care for my hair. And that's why I absolutely love this product. Use this product once a week to neutralize that buildup, that oil, dirt, and hard water from your hair and scalp, and it won't strip away any of the natural moisture. This is a product that's great for all hair types, even hair treated with keratin, chemicals, color, or a Brazilian blowout and it smells amazing. Jen, you did it. It smells so freaking delicious. My husband comes up to me and starts sniffing my head. It's infused with their dreamy signature Melrose Place fragrance with rose, which is my absolute favorite scent, bergamot, lychee, cedarwood, and white musk. Way was created by my IG crush, celebrity hair stylist Jen Atkin, who I'm literally obsessed with. One of those people that maybe I'll have to have on Dear Gabby because I'm obsessed with her. And it was created to be the first socially connected hair care brand. When you're ready to undo some damage, hit the reset button with Way Detox Shampoo. Go to the Way, which is ouai. dot com, and use code Dear Gabby to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's dot icom code D-E-A-R-G-A-B-B-Y. I love this product and I love the founder. You and I have this spiritual connection in that we haven't spent a lot of time together, but we know, obviously, you know that I am a self-proclaimed spirit junkie and I know that about you yeah. as well. And so as it relates to your spiritual practice and and what does
0: that mean to you? I'm, I think it's, for me, I just have always connected with a presence. I've always felt, someone once said to me that try as hard as I can, I will never be able to break that inherent sort of natural connection I have to spirit or the universe or higher self, whatever people want to call it. It's, it's just something as a little kid. And I didn't grow up in a religious family or a spiritual family at all. I was, I'm definitely an outlier. <laughs> you know, I just always had that connection and I naturally look to that connection in almost all ways in my life. It helps me. I've always manifested pretty quickly, fast in alignment with highest good, you know, I've always sort of thought that way. I find it to be one of the greatest relationships in my life and always has been. I have the the intention to always sort of stay or if I get out of it, find a flow. My flow is what I call it. I know when I'm swimming upstream, I know when things are a little like, okay, you're trying to like, you know, make things work that aren't in the flow. I have, a to me, Spirit Junkie is having an insane amount of trust yeah. In a um, presence, in a flow to your life. And that trust just sort of guides me. And so I surrender to that a lot. Well said.
1: Yeah. And you know, it's, it's beautiful to hear someone speaking about their, I always call it like a faith statement when we. Yeah. And, right. And in one of my books, I, I tell people, I teach people how to write a faith statement. But when I hear people okay. like what I just experienced with what you just said, share their faith statement, with so much conviction. Yeah. It's like, I didn't even have to hear the words. The words were excellent, but like, I didn't have to hear the words. (laughs) I can feel your, your faith. I can feel that Mm -hmm. conviction and that inner knowing it's not just words. Mm -hmm. It's not just trendy. It's not just, it's like, there's this, this grounded sense of knowing that you are indeed being guided, that there is a Mm -hmm. spiritual inspiring force within you. Uh, and yeah, I feel that. Thank you. That was beautiful. Yeah.
0: I feel that from you. I feel that constantly. Every time I've like seen you speak or even just everything I see about you in social media and your books and all stuff, I was like, Oh, we, we get this like this. And I have, I always say to people, I was like, I, because I have that trust and that ability to surrender. I also have a lot of really wild experiences and, you know, signs and things that would, reaffirm this belief I have and this trust that I have but over the past course couple years and really this past year I don't know if you've experienced this in your life uh, sometimes with spirituality and these faith statements and it's all wonderful but it's about grounding it into this existence like mm-hmm. our bodies grounding into our bodies and so I spent so much of my life uh, very comfortable up in, you know, the higher energies, or whatever you want to call it. I can be very spacey and kind of connected, but it's been hugely important to me to ground that because COVID showed that to me. You know, I can't tell you how many times I saw people speak the same way we do, but not grounded in reality of what we're all experiencing and the interconnectedness of what we're all experiencing. So funny. It was like, none of this matters if it's not grounded.
1: Completely. Yeah. I think that, I think one of the things that COVID gave me as well was this really clear cut bullshit meter.
0: Yes. Same. Like,
1: "Mm." and not with, not with judgment because look, I'm the girl who wrote the book Judgment Detox. So I try my, judgment's usually the first response. And then the second response is, Okay, what's triggered in me about that? Yeah. But one thing that's been very triggering to me that I've witnessed throughout this experience of living through COVID and living through this this major BLM movement, which was beautiful and and totally shattering and hopefully can continue to be. But in the midst of all of it was this heightened level of judgment and attack and separation. Yes.
0: That yes, um, there's so much
1: and has been so much of that. And I was actually talking about this on—I think it was on somebody else's podcast the other day—but about how like it's almost like cancel culture is a joke now because people have just taken yeah. it to this extreme level, and so mm-hmm. when you see someone mm-hmm. who's like a self-proclaimed spiritual person attacking in these right. aggressive ways, the first thought is judgment. The first thought is like, "Are you, mm-hmm. you're, you? You? What?" But then the second mm-hmm. thought really started to come in for me of this like. Deep sadness and compassion for Mm -hmm. these individuals who were in this need to project. And I can only imagine how much suffering there must be for someone to be on that attack.
0: And the, you know, I think I even spoke with you about this at one point. When I woke to, because I had the same thing with the judgment, it was like I was feeling judged and I was also feeling judgment for more so than I would say prior to 2020. Like it was a real thing where I was like, oh, people are dying. You know what I mean? How are you not wearing a mask? Like I just couldn't, like, I was like unapologetic about it. Mm-hmm. I was, yeah, I was mind blown. And these are, this is not just people that, you know, want to fight the system on everything. I mean, this is, there was a period of time where people I knew really honestly didn't believe that masks worked and it was, I was like, Oh, Jenna, this is a real big moment for you. <laughs> like, You feel judgy, but you have to give people, it doesn't mean you have to agree and continue a relationship, but you definitely have to give people the space to be where they're at, you know? And totally. it was really, it was really challenging because this is not just like, Oh, I like apples and you like oranges, like the, the apples are affecting the oranges. Like we're killing people, you know, this is really dangerous. So it was, it was a very hard, um, lesson in a lot of ways for me. I think you just nailed
1: it though, because it's like the first response is like, are you, are you effing kidding me?
0: But yeah, but you
1: can't resist someone's resistance and also being in that place of judgment. It it ain't going to
0: work. So it doesn't do anything. Yeah. You don't go anywhere.
1: Right. So I think you're absolutely right, which is one, let people be where they're at, but that doesn't mean you have to stick around. Yep. Yes. It doesn't mean yes. you have to stick. I mean, a lot of my friendships have changed. Yeah. Uh, same. I've, you know, I really do feel that some of my sisterhood that I've met through social media and like literally our, our random mom talks on DM. Yeah, been the catalyst for some new friendships for me, you know, like, yeah, someone who I love dearly, maybe you're friends with her, um, Jen Meyer, she and I just got really, close. Really oh,
0: excited. Jen and I are great friends. And by the way, she was so funny, because she was texting me about your manifestation challenge. I was like, girl, I'm already signed up. She and is I literally <laughs> my publicist
1: when it comes to the manifesting challenge. Um, but I think Jen, my friendship with Jen is such a good example. It's like Jen and I've yes. literally been in the same place two times in our life. Over lunch or whatever, and then and a dinner. But we have, yeah. But we have a sisterhood because we just let we let our our phones do the work and let our Facetimes do the work. Yeah. and Just
0: she's amazing. She's also just a really
1: heart open. She's amazing. Warm yeah.
0: human. Yeah. And she is so life. in a, i mean, I hear you talk about like the spirit junkie, like the grounded sisterhood. I mean, that is. I hear you. I have the same thing. I mean, I have so many friendships evolved. I would say they, you know, it's not like they went away. It was. It was just about boundaries. You also learn- <laughs> It's something. boundaries. Like in times
1: of crisis, you can see who people really are and what their priorities mm-hmm. are. And, mm-hmm. and it's not to judge. It's just if someone's priorities are different than yours when it comes to life or death situations, that's going to mm-hmm. change the relationship. That's going to change the relationship. It's going
0: to change your relationship and it's going to change how you interact with that person and, right. and you know all of that. It doesn't, what it doesn't change. And this is what I say to people. is like, what it doesn't change- is the love that I feel, totally. you know, so many of my friends that we had different views on politics and you, COVID and all the 2020 of it all. I many times check in with my heart and myself and I was like, oh no, I still really love these people deeply. And there's a real strong sense of love there. There's a boundary right now because it, it was just bringing me down and there was, you know. The conspirituality podcast really helped me to talk about things online mm-hmm. and people online. I mean, finding that was really helpful because so many that conspiratorial thinking was very present with a lot of friendships of mine and very present I, in the
1: spiritual self help space, big time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, there's a there, you find the universe sort of brings you people and guides along the way to to help you through certain times. And I found that a lot. You made one of them. You know, I think,
1: I think, I think we were saying it's boundaries and it's game changing to just be in a place where you can say, I don't really agree with that. Yeah. I'm gonna uh, yeah. rethink my connection, but I can still love you.
0: Really I can still love you. Powerful. I can still feel my heart space for you you know, I honor where you're at. Don't agree. Yeah. But that's okay. You know? Right. And, and it was a very, I think it was hard for me to like wake up to that. I, I think I was clinging on like, and, and then it creates a spin in my own head of like, oh, wow, I'm missing something, yeah. you know, do they know something I don't know is, you know, all this. And then it just ultimately comes down to that. It's like, oh no, no. Okay. We're just, Wholly in a different place,
1: and it's it's never been. I mean, times have never been more divisive than now. I didn't think it could get more divisive than twenty sixteen, and then it just like
0: skyrocket. Can you even? I know, I know. I said the same thing. Oh. I was like, "Lord, if no, you know, is intuitive and empathic, and I think I am. I didn't see one bit of this year that year. Oh God, no.
1: But I think there's <laughs> something really precious about what has occurred because in order for true healing to occur, the underbelly has to be brought to the surface. It's it's right. it's like, the, the, yeah. you know what has to hit the fan. I don't even know why I'm pretending not to curse. I've been cursing this entire time. But the shit but. has <laughs> to hit the fan in order for, for people to really wake up in a different way. So there has been, and I said this from the beginning of COVID, I said, you're going to have two choices here, everybody. You're going to mm-hmm. either wake up and rise up and do your mm-hmm. work and get become a better version of yourself or you're gonna numb mm-hmm. out, hide and get hooked into old patterns and behaviors mm-hmm. just to try to play. you know, it's so a-
0: really good point. It's been difficult. And I think that's another thing that was really interesting for me to just name that. I, I think of somebody that's like constantly like, well, okay, how can I look at this experience and find the, the good in it and learn and grow from it? And, and at one point, I think my therapist, she just said, hey, listen, surviving is enough. That's exactly right? Like, right.
1: That's exactly this is this is. I mean, I kept saying like this is like wartime, and yeah, when I would, <laughs> yeah. when I would dear Gabby people, even today I did an episode. I recorded an episode of this dear Gabby show where I dear Gabby people, and one person came on. And she was saying how she felt so unsafe about leaving the house, and she was scared to get into a car service. And oh wow! And I just mm-hmm. sat with her and I said, that's totally normal. That's natural. That's where we're at. it's it's, don't resist it, allow it, be present with the feelings of discomfort, be present with the feelings of not being safe. Because we want like our forward thinking, productive mindset wants to just be like, oh, well, I got to move past this. It's actually no, we've Mm -hmm. lived through a trauma. And the only way to undo Mm -hmm. a trauma is to be full embodiment of the of the discharge of it we can't, if we just pretend it didn't happen, move past, move past, we're going to, we're going to have panic attacks. So.
0: Exactly. And if you're constantly, you know, positive poly and, you know, finding you, you sort of end up, you spend so much, I mean, I, I personally think this year, whether we know it or not has put a lot of our brains into this survival fight or flight Mm -hmm. moment. So even if we're like, Oh, we're safe. We're okay. Everything's okay. Everything's fine. I'm enjoying, you know, Netflix and pizza. and like, Whatever, you're in this fight or flight. So, the more you just say, everything's okay, everything's okay. Like, there's going to be moments, and I have know I've had it more than ever, where I was like, all right, okay, Whew, this is a lot, you know? And let me just acknowledge that and let me have a big cry and let me just feel this and the isolation and the this and that. And like, it's a lot. And then if you accept that, and like when someone said that to me, I was like, oh, it's okay to feel bad right now. Like, it's okay. And of course, we're going to be a little fearful. <laughs> like, I'm contemplating having to get on a plane and go work on a set. And it's like, well, okay, you know, all right. You know, I feel protected and I'm going to do all the cautions and measures and this and that, but you know, we've been, we have, whether we like it or not been in a state of survival for a year. So Giving ourselves a break. When the herd immunity sets
1: in and most of us are vaccinated, what we're going to still witness is just PTSD. It's going to be like,
0: don't touch that. You know,
1: like, oh my God. Yeah.
0: And, yeah, and it, yeah. Can, it, I, can I hug
1: you? There's like... going to have to be another level of, of spiritual and energetic support for people as we move out of it as well, because there's this, like you said, it's actually this almost biological hypervigilance that we're going to yeah. have to just start to have to really work with. Yeah. And yeah. uh, get back into the body, and you know it's interesting yes. because as a dancer, I wonder you 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 are very embodied, but do you think Thank that, you do you think that that is something that you live with in your day to day life as well?
0: I <laughs> I think dance is a quickest way for me to become embodied. I think it saved me growing up. I mean i had I had some like you know I had abandonment. My dad left my mom when I was young, and she had. A not great second relationship, a lot of things that would for most kids create you know there's trauma. dance kept me embodied, and I do believe that sometimes with trauma, people do one of two things they either eject out or they you know go deep into like internal struggle and they're so I was definitely an eject outer, you know, I was like back to the spirit realms, you know, where like I know where I'm comfortable, so I dance was like that. Mm-hmm. So the way in which I embody as a dancer and when I'm performing and I would always say it was my first experience with any kind of channeling because I remember the feeling coming over my eyes. And I remember the the difference I would feel on stage versus my walking life. Mm-hmm. Now at my place I'm at now, it's about embodying in all areas of my life with or without dance. You know, it, it's really about grounding and in so many ways. And because I, I just haven't, dance used to be my, you know, daily everyday job. Now it's not so much in the same way. So I try, I I just do so much because it's really not easy for me to stay grounded, like stay in my body, even though my attachment to my embodiment is one of my strongest, Sensory gifts and and just you know I, I feel very physical I've always been very sensual I you know I feel in my body I'm comfortable but I it's easy for me to get ungrounded very quick so I All have right. to do a lot of work
1: this this and you have this anchor that you can return to yeah it's really yeah fascinating what you were just saying so you have this attachment breach with your father and then this other relationship that you witness your mother so you definitely mm-hmm. as a child experience trauma. And then yeah. you're dancing. So what's so beautiful is that you were, without even realizing it, healing the and processing mm-hmm. the trauma. Because one yes. of the most important things that one can do to process trauma is the physicality, is the somatic experience. Because right. when we get traumatized, we become disembodied. I can speak to that. Right. I, I have experienced childhood trauma, and I cut off from my body and was almost like this just like my body was like lugged around with me for, wow. for years right so it's it's so fascinating that without even realizing it the dance was was healing you in real time to mm-hmm. ultimately save you from other crap that you might have otherwise had to deal with
0: i say it all the time you know it's funny i never really knew that i never had that understanding no one ever put it as eloquently as you just put it but it's so true and i started at 5 so i was continue and I moved you and my mother we moved every three years when I was a kid so you know even your life's ungrounded you know it's like you make friends and then you're gone but dance was a continual thing so I would move studios and and I was being luckily was a natural talent and gift that I was being recognized for so I had um the grounding embodiment healing of trauma at the same time as gaining confidence because it was being shown to me like oh you, you know she's pretty good at this. Like there's real talent here. So who knows where I would be without having that my entire life. And I, I, it's like, so I say this to kids all the time. It's like finding anything you're passionate about, especially something that can be physically in the body because I always felt a sense of connection and confidence with my body and the self-esteem of that. And it helped because I knew how to be embodied. You know, I knew what it was like to move and be sexy and feel good and feel powered. I used to feel so powerful, you know, yeah. as a dancer.
1: Girl, that is, that is something that I did not experience. And it was only when I was in yeah. my late 30s that I was starting to really heal from the remembrance of sex, childhood sexual abuse. I, I yeah. remembered it. And I was only then Ugh. like, oh, wow, this is why you've been so disembodied. This is why you've carried so much shame. This is why. Yeah. And so one of the practices I did to heal in my recovery journey was S factor. Uh, oh, Canada. yes. The pole dancing, yes. right? Yes. And so, you know, the first thing was, you know, oh, it's pole dancing. It's actually truly this. Trial. So it's like, hard. It's, it's like it's, it's physically hard. Yes. Um, but it's really the core of that work is to help a woman find her, as as Sheila would say, her exotic creature, but really yeah. return to her body. And I had these, I did it in private sessions because for me, it was therapy. It was like another form of yes. therapy. And I worked with uh, this incredible S teacher, Erin, um, in New York City, and it was tears and it was, it was, and every week she did, can you, you know, can you take off another piece of clothing? Like almost like stripping me down week after week, right? Like, can we get into the thong now? You know, and not from any other reason than just becoming, it was almost like she was stripping away the shame with every layer.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Wow. And did you feel by the end of it, the growth of Definitely. Like, did it inf- impact your entire life? It impacted my whole life. I
1: really want to return to class yeah. because it, the thing about S Factor that's tough is it's not as easy to do. Like, in, mm-hmm. yes, I sometimes will go into my gym and shut the door, listen to my I've an S Factor um, playlist. We can put it in the show notes if anybody wants to get. Oh sexy. my God, that's, um, please give it to me. So I will definitely, I'll definitely give it to you. Um, a lot of like Rihanna and just like just really like. Like, you know, just, just sort of like emo heart string kind of music. And sometimes I'll just shut the door, lock it, and then just like physically riff. But, but not like what I want, you know, I watch you and just like, all of a sudden you're just like, I'm working out and now I'm just like in my exotic creature. (laughs) Like that's, that's not an easy place for me to go. Yeah. So consistent S work in, in an actual classroom would be very beneficial for me and God willing, yeah. I'm sure that they're doing privates now, I, I, even during COVID. But um, at some point, when I'm back in the city more consistently, I'm going to make that part of my commitment, as if it were a therapy, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. It, is therapy. it is. It is therapy. therapy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 a somatic experiencing kind of therapy, and mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. and it's required for me. So I, even this conversation, I'm so grateful to, because it's just giving me this gentle reminder that I got to get back. Oh, I'm,
0: you and you're reminding me. <laughs> Same thing. I'm like, oh wow, no, I. How important that is that that part of us to be ignited and to feel it's it's so essential. It's the divine feminine. It's that powerful goddess within us. That you know, it's body empowerment, embodied. Mint. You know, I I'm with you on that. Maybe that's a silver lining Mm -hmm. in TikTok
1: is that like yes girls are dancing.
0: (laughs) I just said this. It was as if like I got the message. I was like okay, okay, okay. It was like. Right now, like, do anything you can. Go do a TikTok a day. Like, I mean, take 30 minutes and learn the dance. (laughs) And every time I do it, I have so much fun. I do feel better. It shakes up the, like, quarantine. You know, you get into this thing and it is necessary. We can't be in a class, you know? And for me, I find myself, the physical
1: exercise that I've been doing a lot more lately is actually... Pilates based, yoga based, just flow based, that may not mm-hmm. be dance, but I put on that emo soundtrack and I just am like, let me. Yep. Play. And that is sort of like the oh longing so for that factor.
0: <laughs> it's the longing
1: for factor. But, and I want to really acknowledge like any woman who has experienced sexual trauma in any form, yeah. whether it's S Factor or another type of dance it's when it, it will be one of the most empowering and healing practices to uh, mm-hmm. return to your body, to face shame, to, to physically process and move shame through you. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm also, that's pretty I'm amazing seen by another person, like Erin, my teacher who would hold me in that class was a Sherpa. She was like a midwife yeah. for my recovery because wow. she was, she was holding me in my shame of being seen in that way.
0: Oh God, what an incredible guide for you. That's amazing. I mean, it makes me really think because, you know, I think it's so powerful for women, period, whether you have experienced sexual abuse or not, or you have, you know, confidence, whatever it is, that type of, therapeutic work of dancing, really honestly, and anything that gets you feeling sensual, powerful at the same time is so healing. I mean, i I honestly like I know without a doubt it saved me in my life. and I know that I know what how rare it is to. you know, I, I'm of I have a whole slew of other issues, but for because I was a dancer my entire life and and you know, I have videos of myself, <laughs> a very funny joke in my my family. but my videos of me at eight, nine, you know, I have no idea what I'm doing is like, you know, I'm in fishnets and I am, I am doing this. (laughs) I am there and I'm eight, nine. I have no idea it's anything like that. But what I do know is I feel really free and confident and good in my body and you hey, know, one of like- my best friends is
1: like this she's actually a sex coach she does um i'll have to have mm-hmm. her on the show she's amazing her name is dana b myers Ooh. and she does like sexual like sex coaching for moms really like helping moms get their Ooh. mojo back and she has a pole in her house and she's like one of the most embodied humans i know and she's like very well wow. about her like you know, bringing her dildos on vacation with her girlfriends and like, right. you know, having sex right. with her husband, telling us all the stories. And, and she has a pole in her house and she sent me this video the other day of her, I think her daughter's like seven, maybe six, a years old. Uh-huh. Seven. Like epic on the pole, like no joke, amazing. Like, flipping her hair, like full on embodiment, right? Oh, on this my like amazing. doing like, you know, little kids, they, they can, you know, flip themselves upside down or whatever, just tricking out on the pole. And I, you know, at first you're like, oh, Asia, there are kids on the ball, you know, but then, but then there was this moment of like, good. They don't know you Mm -hmm. like good for you,
0: mom. You are, you are giving her the gift of her female power. Yes. And let me tell you how huge that is for that little girl. And my mom, I have to give her so much credit. She, you know, when I was younger and I was in dance and I was doing these competitions and these dances that, you know, we are, we're in fishnets and we're, you know, it was like popular at the time in Baltimore, turn around, just like shake your butt. You know, that was a dance move. I mean, we did like things that were within our head. My mom never, ever shamed me. Like not once. She never was like, well, don't do that in front of that person or, well, Jen, that's a little bit much like, or about my body of anything. She was like, yeah, girl, I loved it. That was awesome. She would be like, show your body. Honestly, Jen, like, you look amazing. It was so, the opposite of which I think a lot of women want as mothers will do because we think like, oh, that's you know, or I don't want my daughter. What will people think if she's twirling on a pole at seven? But right. she only knows your reaction to that. You know, she's feeling. Right. We're all naturally sensual, you know.
1: And for you as a woman to not have that shut down is such a gift and a blessing. Yeah. And- Today, you are an embodiment of that in the physical form. And so I just want to encourage you to share more like of the behind the scenes kind of Jenna in your gym, just because I've like, I remember one video you did in front of the gym, like mirror, just like totally native, just dancing, dancing. And I just watched it like over and over because it's, it's actually (laughs) inspiring. It's really inspiring.
0: It's really empowering. Oh, I think it's the one where I was trying. That was the day, Gabby. That was the day where I was like, all right. I feel so disconnected from who I am yeah. during this yeah. quarantine. And yeah. I was like, I'm just going to take a dance. So, you know, my friend did a heels class. I'm like, I'm going to take this class. Of course, Callum wakes up from nap. So I'm like holding him for half the time. But I was like, you know what? And guess what? I was so good for like a week after that. I felt like just really fun. I was like, okay, cool. Like I feel back in my body and you know, moms, we have this, this, and this, and this of our priorities. But like for me, anything that <laughs> brings me in my body is like so necessary. Yeah. You know, it's and, funny, they say yeah. the 12
1: steps, like anything you put before your program, you will lose. And it's like, yeah, anything you put before your dance,
0: you know, it's not going to be, as, it's not going to thrive. It's our, you know, as my therapist said to me, she was like, this is how you self care for yourself. You know, this is how you are able to care for yourself. It's not all salt baths and meditations. Like, it's also you getting in your body and feeling sensual and sexy and dancing and, you know, doing what is right for you, what feels good for you, what you know. Like we all have to find that during this time. I think mm-hmm. our call to
1: action for everybody today is. Yeah, right. Your body.
0: Are we doing a TikTok after this? Cause now I'm like, shoot, I'm I gonna mean, go on and find a. It's so <laughs> a funny. Dance the second you said that, my heart was like, ah,
1: no. <laughs> because there's that's like, th- there's this story of like, I don't want to be seen that way. I, it's more for uh, your work. through. I work get through, it. Through. I get
0: It's hard. I imagine it must be hard to not have that be a part of your development in your life and then go back and try and fuel it and find it. You know, I imagine that that must be like, that must take a good amount of effort. You know, it's like asking me to go sing and, you know, all, right. uh, I don't know how to do that. It's
1: right. Like... Yeah. No, it's funny. It's, I think that I've, I've been on stage for 15 years as a speaker, well, 20 years as a motivational speaker. And yeah. And you're so,
0: incredible it at it. It is when
1: I'm most embodied and at the, and the more embodied I've become through the S factor and through the therapy, the more at ease I am in my body on stage, wow, that's but, so interesting. but it's,
0: there's still, a, there's still more, Yeah. Um,
1: But that's great. there's more to work on. I mean, I'm, I'm always like game for what's next. So, yes, but what I'm literally, and we
0: can change, you know, we We can change. That's that's so amazing. Yes.
1: And my next, so my commitment to you right now, and this is what I hope everybody can, when they stop listening to this today, (laughs) will go and do, or do it while you're listening is, uh, go get, go, you can go listen to my, uh, S factor playlist. Yes. I'm going to get down on my mat. And I'm going to move a little bit. And I'll send you a little, little DM of me and my mat. Please, I'll do it too. You too. And that's my call to action for everyone today. Amazing. Move, And ladies, give yourself even like a molecule of sensuality. And that will be yes. enough. That's enough.
0: Yes. Move, move, move. In whatever way you can. It's good for all things. I say all things. I want to just follow
1: you on TikTok But the thing I will leave you with, and this will be your inspiration for TikTok, is that seeing a confident woman in the embodiment of her sexuality in such a confident, clean, uninterrupted way is healing for other women who have have that disembodiment. So I want you to feel me when I say this to you. When you go on your TikTok, it's no longer going to be like, oh, let me just have some fun or let me do this for my social media. I want you to do it for the girls out there who need to see an empowered woman in her body.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, Gabby, amazing! Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Thank you. And That's I fully get what you're saying, and mm-hmm. I will do that for you it's and for everyone, honestly, and for myself, truly. Yeah. yeah,
1: baby, I love you. I'm so glad that we. I'm so happy chat we did that <laughs> on. I can't wait for a slumber party in LA.
0: Done I'm making
1: that happen. And done, um, done, done. And you know, I'm on. I'm I'm on DM speed dial for you.
0: I mean same we will get through this we will get through this together (laughs) amazing well I loved this thank you for having me I think you're amazing I'm so glad we've connected
1: if you made it to the end of this episode that means you're truly committed to miracles I'm really proud of you